Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Bull Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar DeJesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Today, we're talking to Leanne DeJesus, HR director. Leanne is an HR expert that works for a multi-billion dollar company and has over 30 years experience. Today, we're going to talk about the latest trends and solutions surrounding retentions. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk, and we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, PoolInvoice.com, Blu-ray, and we also want to thank Aquastar. We want to thank them for their continued support. John, good evening. Good evening. Wow. Oh my God. So for those that aren't watching, we're in a new studio. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or whatever, and you don't watch the videos, please stop what you're doing. Find this video and watch Edgar right at the start of this. This is something else right here. Why are you bashing on me so quick into the podcast? Look, my friend? I'm not, bro. You look, uh, it's like you're addressing the UN or something, or <laughs> the, the, the way you're looking and the way you got your arms out, and you know you're giving a commencement speech or some shit like that. But it's I'm wanting to be more like Howard Stern, and I'm sounding like I'm at a UN conference. John, come on, man! It looks great. <laughs> this is going to be a fun podcast for sure. I can guarantee you that. I wonder how much of my dialogue is going to get cut out this podcast because <laughs> you need to talk to Spider about that. <laughs> I'm sure. A bunch of it will get cut out throughout the podcast, but I'm super excited to do this podcast, especially because we have Leanne here. Uh, usually, you know, we've been doing these podcasts now for a while and I always enjoy doing them, but I never think, oh my God, I want to hurry up and get home and get, you know, get ready, get in time because I want to sit down and talk to Leanne because she is truly one of my favorite people in the whole world. And I actually enjoy talking to her, unlike <laughs> Edgar, uh, sometimes. <laughs> No, no uh, comment. The, the, the love that I take from these guys, I tell you, I tell you. Just All bullshit aside, Leanne is a wealth of knowledge when it comes down, especially to HR. And this is a very touchy subject where a lot of people feel very hesitant to give advice on it because it is so crucial. And if the one wrong move or the one wrong action can put you, uh, your business, the relationship between you and your employees at stake and could put you in hot water. So everybody listening, please take heed to her advice. Pay attention to all the good things that she has to say and take a lot of notes and listen to this at least two, three times, because these are the types of things that 
you can't read in a book, really. You either have to go through with life experience or have access to somebody with the knowledge that Leanne has. So definitely looking forward to having this conversation with her and Edgar. Everybody enjoy the show. Leanne, good evening. How are you? I'm doing well. I really don't know if I can live up to the hype that John gives me, but I'm going to do my best. So thank you for that, John. And by the way, one of the things I wanted to mention last time I was on was my sole purpose in being here is just to make sure that everybody knows that Edgar's married to me and not to Zach and John, you know, just to kind of dispel popular belief. He does have a wife. It's not Zach and John. So I just wanted to point that out. By the way, John, I have Facebook open and I can see her. Damn, you look good, girl. (laughs) You look really good. Thank you. Now we're taking the Howard Stern turn. Now we're taking Howard Stern turn. (laughs) Right, yep. John, I do have to tell you, I am seeing myself on here and I, yeah, this is just not, probably not so good for me. (laughs) Right? It looks a little bizarre, bro. (laughs) Maybe it's the position. I'm hoping it's the spot that I'm in in the position that I'm in because... Now you're going to have a complex, right? And you're going to be worried about it. I'm going to be worried about the whole time, right? So, But hey, look, it's change. We're moving up and trying to better the podcast and the audio quality. And this is a step towards the right direction. We can't be stuck in the closet like we've been for the last year. Are you going to come out of the closet right now on the podcast? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> wow. No, I know, right? See, again, we should have never said anything about Howard Stern at the beginning. You guys are taking a really yeah. dark time. I'm not going to uh, And look, and this is supposed to be HR, right? Because this is the I type know. of conversation you should not be having, right? right? Especially in in front of your employees. These are the types we of We might things. have to change our topic from retention to harassment. So let's to har- Exactly, <laughs> right? I do, John, want to jump in. We are at the MC Studios out in Dallas, and the guys have been amazing. We have Spider in the producer room. We were joking before we started the podcast. And so, Spider, we want to jump on and have you say hi, because, by the way, we just think that voice is completely <laughs> awesome. So, how are you, Spider? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> look at look at that, John. We should just have him talk. He's, he's like, a pro, John. Yeah, well, I mean, it's something kind of cool about hearing a voice just jump in and you can't see him, <laughs> right? It's the man behind the curtain. The man behind the curtains making it all happen. We appreciate you, Spider. Thank you so much for doing this and, and putting up with us. It's my pleasure. We definitely appreciate that. The other thing that I wanted to do is jump on here and I have my computer in front of me and we need to give some shout outs out here because we've got Janie on, Mr. Jared Schwab. Damn, nice studio. Scaling to the next level. Thanks for watching, Jared. Todd's Pool Service. We have Mr... Oh, we have Maria in Sonata Pools, Jeanette Horn, David, big shout out to you out here. I have somebody in ovation. Here's Howard, John, and he goes, hi, John. (laughs) That's my boy right there. Hey, Howard, anytime that you feel that you need to give me a hi, Edgar, I will take it, brother. And you know what? I'll give you a huge shout out out here (laughs) the day that you do that because Leanne... Howard always jumps on and always on the chat. It's only hi, John. That's it. It doesn't matter who's on. So, so. we know who no. the favorite is. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. We know okay. who the favorite is. I completely forgot that we're streaming this live right now. So <laughs> as far as like, there's not much you could do with the edits now, huh? Nope. Nope. There's not much you could do, buddy. I'm going to try to be on better behavior for everybody. <laughs> hey, big shout out to JCS Pool Service out there. Thanks guys for joining us live on Facebook and YouTube. We really appreciate that. So, John, what do you say we get this uh, party started? So there's a couple of things that we want to talk about before we jump in. And number one is that if you have any business questions, any water chemistry questions, anything, go to PoolNation.com. Right up at the top, there is a button that says submit questions. Hit that, submit that 
question in and we will answer it. And today's podcast in large part is driven by a question that was sent in and we'll talk about that in a little bit. The other thing that I want to talk about is that the nominations for the 30 under 40 are open. So go to www.poolpromag.com and submit your nominations in there. Leanne, just to let you know, John is not eligible for it because it's 30 under 40. And just to let everybody know, next Friday, the 20th, is his birthday. So he's going to be 41. So you're out of the running, my friend. Sorry. You're out. I thought we were friends. (laughs) So anyway, everybody listening tonight, we normally do our podcast on Fridays, but we're doing this one tonight because Leanne and I are driving up to OU tomorrow to pick up our daughter. She is done with her first year of college. And John, she's saying that she's going to cry because she's leaving college. And so I told her it's payback because I cried when she went off to college. So <laughs> so I think it's about he even. Did. He did. I, I witnessed the whole thing. I admitted, John, I cried like a baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he told me. <laughs> Anyways, guys, let's get started with the podcast. So one of the reasons that we wanted to talk about this topic here today, Leanne, is we got a message from David and... David had sent us a message and said, on a recent podcast, someone had asked a legacy question, and that was something that you would like. So what was a trophy that you wanted on your mantle at the end of the day when you were done? And so he said, Zach answered about wanting to provide a real career for his employees, that they're proud of their jobs and the company that they work for, and that they have opportunities to grow with that company. So he says, this is something that I think about daily. I believe the best way to get a team full of servicing rock stars is to provide a work environment that achieves this. I currently have three employees in just under 200 pools. I pay very well for my area, but I'm looking for ways to improve the culture, morale, and overall fulfillment to my team. I've got so much gratitude for the guys I've got, but it's hard to compete on benefits at my size. So here's my question. What are some of the ways that I can prove my team's overall experience with my company that don't necessarily cost large amounts of additional capital? Labor is already my largest expense and arguably is a bloated percentage at nearly 40%. Would love some feedback. Thanks, Dave. I think the general consensus from people is you've got to have the best benefits, the best pay, the best this, the best that. And that's not really true. And a lot of what we're going to cover today is really going to get deeper into the question that you're really asking. But if you think about the size of your company and the number of employees that you have, you'll be surprised, even in a big company like the one I work for, how many employees don't actually take advantage of the benefits. And we have everything from really expensive ones to really low-cost benefits. But that's not what's always important to people. So they don't always take advantage of that. So really what you have to do is really figure out what's important to your people. And again, we'll talk about a lot of that today. But one of the things that just popped into my mind when you're reading that question, Edgar, is if you're paying well, that's always the first start. You have to make sure that you're paying well. Because one thing that we've seen in this past year or two is that the market wages don't change annually. They're almost changing weekly. It's really getting, it's so competitive. So I think really making sure that you're paying well is the first start. But if you're a small company and you've got, let's say, three employees, talk about other things that are beneficial. It doesn't have to be health care, dental care. It could be, are you giving them the right amount of time off to spend with their families? Are you being flexible with their schedules? Are you doing things in the community that matter to them? Are you allowing them to donate their time to, let's say, philanthropic events that matter to them and giving back? 
Maybe they donate X amount of hours to something like children's cancer research because that matters to them. And then the company matches that with either equal hours or contribution to that charity. It's not a one size fits all. And we're going to really talk about that today. But there's so many other things that you can do outside of just the standard box pay and benefits, because there's a lot of other things out there that attract associates to your workplace and keep them there. And that's really the key. You can probably attract them, but you really want to make sure what you're doing is keeping them there. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. I have something, but go ahead. No, I was going to say, you, you couldn't have said it any better. Pay is obviously very important. And there's a minimum, a threshold that someone needs, especially if they have responsibilities or they have people that are taking care of a family, they got bills that they have to pay, right? So there's a threshold. Nobody's working for nothing. And if working at a a certain organization doesn't pay the bills, then probably not the right organization to work for, right? Or something has to change. But once you get past that threshold and you start making enough money or you're at that point where, okay, you know, I can pay my bills. I have a little bit there. There's value that I think that really plays a big part in everything. So you can put value as like dollar amount and what you get for your paycheck, but you can also put value as how you're valued as an employee or how important you are for that organization or how it at least makes you feel doing your job. That's what I experienced when back in my corporate world, when when I used to work there, we had to sit and pay people minimum wage basically and to perform it was a very difficult task, especially we tended more towards a younger crowd because they didn't have quite as many responsibilities or as many bills to pay, but it's hard to motivate people. And sometimes, and you nailed it on the head when you said, look, money isn't always everything. Benefits isn't always everything. And a good work environment and then the ability to move up is very, very important. So I just wanted to say, I, I agree 100%. One of the things you talked about was flexible schedules was one of the first things. And I think that's important. You mentioned that before, and it seems pretty hard to do. It's easy to say, but really hard to put into practice, especially in the pool industry. Uh, Can you walk us through some examples of why you think that's so important? Yeah. And again, I think when we covered our topics today, I'm really going to be focusing on five key themes and hopefully we'll just get through all of them today. I think we will. Um, The first one is flexible schedules, and this one is becoming more and more important now since the pandemic started and is now trending out than it ever was before. So, you know, you know people, we all know people that work, you know, really long hours, they've worked two jobs, they do everything they can to do what they have to to make ends meet. And then the pandemic hit and people were furloughed. And then all of a sudden they were home with their families having dinner every night, which they weren't before. They were also able to spend time, quality time with their kids, walking out to the park, throwing a ball around, things they couldn't do before, but now they had to because they couldn't go anywhere else because everything was locked down. And so it really brought the American families back sort of to the basics of spending quality time with each other. And now when people got pulled back into the workforce, people started having better demands saying, you know what, now I need flexible schedules. I need to drop my kids off and pick them up at school. I need to be home for dinner. I need to be able to do these things that they sort of revisited during the pandemic and rediscovered as being priorities for an American family. Now, John, you mentioned, God, it's harder to do than than what it sounds. And it's like, it can be if you get yourself stuck in, this is the pool business and this is the hours that we have to work. That's not necessarily true. If you have one full-time employee, if you need somebody that has flexible scheduling, you could have two part-time employees for that same one full-time. So if you got somebody that wants to 
be there when their kids get home, great. They work the first half of the day. And the one is going to be there when the kids are dropped off or whatever, they can work the second half of the day. So you get flexible like that. Or, you know, you could have kids that are really heavy into extracurricular activities. And we're all parents. We know how important that is to participate. So maybe they've got soccer games every Friday. So you know what? They get Friday off. Maybe they work Saturday. Maybe they work Sunday, but they get Friday off. So its schedule is flexible. It's not Monday through Friday from this time to this time. You have to really, as a company, really think about how can I make that work? And it's you got to get out of the box because the box is going to you know, really lock you in and you got to be out of the box. Flexible scheduling, and that could be not even just a schedule. It could be maybe you give them what you know we would call work-life balance or wellness days, right? So let's say you have you give your folks a week's vacation every year, but then you know you have an attendance policy, and they're going to exceed their attendance policy, and they're probably going to lose their job because they've exceeded their attendance policy. If you give them wellness days or work-life balance days that don't count against their attendance policy, but they're days off that are without pay. It just gives them the flexibility to be able to go pick up their kid when they're with the school calls because they're sick. Or it gives them flexibility to go attend that soccer game, even though they don't have any more vacation days. They can take that work-life balance. It's without pay. It doesn't count against their attendance. That's just all in flexible scheduling. It's just a different way of looking at it. And I'll tell you, if you're not doing it, somebody next to you is going to be doing it, and they're going to be winning those associates. They're going to win that workforce. You got to think about it from terms of I've got to do what I can to win the workforce because it is more competitive now than it has ever been. And it's competitive on all fronts. That's why today I want to talk about, like, again, the five different themes because you're going to see it's not one size fits all. And it's the same for the companies not one size fits all for every company and not one size fits all for every associate. So you got to really tap into what matters. Here's the other thing, John. When we talk about our industry, one of the common conversations that you have with people is that they've come into this industry because they had kids. They needed the flexibility. I mean, I can think of a lot of people. Let's talk about Kelly from Legacy Pools. That was one of the reasons that I did it. It was the same thing. I wanted to be able to spend more time with our kids. And it's a common conversation that we have in our industry. So we really need to put that at the forefront, especially as we start to build our companies and we start to have employees that we can't stick to that mindset of you have to work from eight to five or eight to four, whatever it is. This is an industry that allows you to have that flexibility. And recently I was talking to somebody and I can't remember, I think it was Manning Pools that I was talking to, John. And they do offer that flexibility where they allow the people to start at six o'clock in the morning and then they get off early. And that allows them to feel like they have a lot more hours towards the end of the afternoon. And that's not something that you can probably go get in a lot of the corporate jobs or Amazons or whatever, where here's the three shifts and you have to work those shifts. So I think that's really important for us as a pool company to take into consideration And as you have your company to be flexible and to figure it out. And the other thing that I think that we need to really kind of start to talk about, and that is that by 2025, I think three out of four people in the workforce will be millennials. So they're making that transition into the workforce. And for them, that's very important. And we talk about 
mental health and well-being and all those things. And it's easy for us old timers, John, to just kind of go, oh, that's nothing. That I don't know what you're talking about. Come on, suck it up. But you see the generation, you talk to them, you kind of get their work ethic and all that's very important to them. You know, we're in a different time and that's very important that you guys as pool companies out there be open to and research and learn because you have to be able to accommodate to your employees. And if you're not engaged and you're not figuring that out, guess what? We're talking about retention. That's going to be give them a reason to go somewhere else to find it. Leanne, you talk and you mention health and well-being. Is that more just than sick days and health benefits? What is that about? It's not. And I think a lot of people, when they think about health benefits, again, they're thinking health dental vision, right? Your typical type things. So similar to what I was referencing before, if you give your associates, let's say, wellness days or work-life balance days, whatever you like to call them, I think focusing on people's wellness right now is a big deal. And you see everywhere that mental health has really hit the forefront of topics on the news, in shows. Athletes are stepping up against to talk about mental health and the importance of paying attention to it. And you've heard about this whole pandemic exhaustion that everybody's going through, right? So just putting health and well-being first as a company, and it's an easy one. Like this is an easy one and oftentimes doesn't cost a whole lot. You could have, uh, I'm just going to run through a couple of examples. So again, wellness or work-life balance days, they're without pay, but it doesn't count against their attendance. You could allot how many you want them to have per year. You could even say, let's say you get four of them and you get one per quarter. So they don't take four right in a row. They can take one per quarter or whatever. As the business leader, you can make those decisions. One of the things that some companies do is they just do a company-wide shutdown. That probably like sent chills up your back like, oh, God, we can't shut down. We're not doing that. But there is a time frame where some companies can shut down. They might shut down the week between Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, not Christmas, but Thanksgiving and the following week. They might have Christmas and New Year's, like that week off between those two. There's a lot of things that companies do. Now, major companies can do major things. But when you're a smaller company, you can do small things. So whether it's giving your associates the day after Thanksgiving off, because that's typically a work day. But they've taken the Thanksgiving because they've got to spend time with their family. If they have the day after Thanksgiving off, that extends them through that long weekend. And that's just a great benefit for them to have. You're not paying them. It's just time off. You can also do making sure that your vacation plans are fair. But you also want to make sure that you're encouraging your associates to take vacation. Because a lot of times, some companies will give great vacation time But then if they don't really allow the associate to take time or they feel bad when they take time because they know that the work is piling up, that's not really good vacation time. Some companies even incentivize their employees to take time off. They give them vacation time, but then they incentivize them to take it. They get something extra if they exhaust all their vacation by the end of the year. So there's a lot of those types of things that can happen. You know, we're in an age now where our parents are getting older and we have to care for our parents. And There's not a lot of good policies and procedures out there that allow us to do that. So maybe you have caregiver opportunities that you can give to your associates. You know, I'm exploring something with one of the benefits that we're looking at, and it's a daycare option for our employees, but it also helps them with elder care or just drop-off care, like last-minute daycare and things like that, where we can offer it to them at a decent price, but we can also give them 
subsidies to help with that if we want to. And those are, they're cheap subsidies. There's not, it doesn't take a lot out of our own pocket to do that. There's a lot of those types of things that we can do. And again, when you look at reducing the number of days that they have to work, in my industry, we do a lot of overtime during peak. Our ability to make sure that we're giving them the right amount of time off and the right holidays off and things like that is exceptional and they really appreciate it because we do work them very, very hard during peak times. So we just have to make sure that we're thinking about their total health and well-being. And again, if you can offer health insurance and things like that, that's great. If not, you can also offer them resources of where to find good health care for good prices. So a lot of people that haven't had healthcare before or haven't been in that type of arena where they've needed to really search it out, just being a company that offers them resources on how to find that stuff is very helpful. It really kind of, you know, gives them a leg up, if you will. How does a business owner know what to implement? How do they know if it's right for them or if it'll even work? Because you threw out a lot lot of different options. So how do you propose that a business owner would go about implementing some of these things or, or picking and choosing what might work best for them? There's a few things you could do. First of all, you have to know what your limits are, right? As a business owner, you know what your budgets are. And I think that's the first place you have to start. So know what your limits and your budgets are. Then I would understand sort of what your competitors are doing. And I think in this industry, you'll find out that a lot of your competitors aren't doing a lot. So you would already kind of have a leg up if you're doing some of these things. A lot of times, part of the well-being of the associates, or even if you go back to flexible work schedules, being flexible with the work schedule isn't just that flexibility work schedule. It really is collaborating with your associates. Sit down and talk with them. Depending on how many people you have in your workforce, you could create a committee that actually is one of those committees that brings some of these ideas and information to the business owner. Or you could just do basic roundtables is what we call them. We sit down and we talk to our associates and we give them a business update. And then we talk to them about how are things going? What's working well? What's not working well? What do you like? What do you not like? What do you want us to keep doing? And what do you want us to stop doing? And we do a stop, start, continue exercise where you talk to your associates and say, if you had us stop one thing that we're doing or three things that we're doing, what would that be? What would you like us to start? And what would you like us to continue? You'll get the best information out of your employees because trust me, they are thinking about it regularly. They won't have a hard time coming up with their ideas. Really quick, a lot of great stuff. We've got a lot of people talking on here. So Lindsay came on. Lindsay, shout out. Benny, big shout out to you. Elijah, John is saying second best netter in the West. So <laughs> John, I do have to tell you that competition that, that has been a hot topic. And then I don't know. So I got this morning a video, a drone video, Leanne, from one of the pool pros that launched his drone and he was netting the pool. And then he shot off that video to me this morning and sent it to John. And John, he said, you've been challenged. So John has really kind of been challenged to that fastest netter in the West. And they're going all out when they're throwing drones out there. So big shout out to you, Benny. Jared out here, best part of being a sales rep, result driven, full flexible, can't get results if you're not out working hard, but you can take a break for kids or dentists, key for talent. The other thing, David, nice. We take the week of Thanksgiving and Christmas off, as you were talking about those points, Leanne. And that's one thing, John, that I used to do with my team is we always took three weeks off for sure. 
And we're talking about the week of Thanksgiving. We took the week of Christmas off and we took spring break. And those vacations were really driven around when my kids were off because that's when I wanted to be off that week to be able to spend time with them. By the way, John, I got a high Edgar from Howard. <laughs> I'm looking at John's reaction in the camera up over here on the right-hand side. You begged for that. It doesn't count. It doesn't it count. Doesn't count. You it begged doesn't count. It doesn't count. No. So big shout out to Mr. Matt Mann. I appreciate that. He's saying, looking professional, Edgar. See, Matt's on my side. So Matt, you are the man. Oh, look, look at that. Somebody just sent me a message. Hey, first response. What's going on? Big shout out to you, brother out there. You like the new setup? I appreciate that. Guys, let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, we will continue. The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray, all day. 
Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing needs 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking to Leanda Jesus. We are talking about retention. We are at the MC Studios in Dallas. Big shout out to Spider over there, helping us out, kind of getting us covered over here. John, I really wish you were here. You have no idea how much I wish you were sitting across from me right now, how much fun we would be having. So... Uh, we wouldn't be able to keep a straight face. I'd be having too much fun laughing. Oh, it's... So, yeah. Uh, instead, I feel like the schmuck over here. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like I'm in a prison waiting room or something. You do have the look of the <laughs> recently released prisoner, so... Right. Flash your tats. You got it. Right, right. Yeah. Pull, up, pull up that arm and just kind of show that tat right, right. there and you'll be, you'll, you'll be good, so... Leanne, we continue the conversation with retention and, you know, your third theme is around value and purpose. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And I think one of your original questions from someone in your chat sort of touched on that a little bit too. And I was glad, I was glad to see that. So value and purpose, it's really important that your employees understand their purpose in the company and your purpose as a company, what are you trying to accomplish? And I know if Zach were here, Zach could probably spit out real easy on what the pool boy's purpose is as a company. And I know John and Janie have ultimate customer service, and that is a primary purpose in what they do in their business. And your employees need to know what is your purpose? What is your values that you stand by as a company? And in order for them, first of all, to know that you first have to identify what that is, you have to spell that out to them. And then you have to make sure that all your actions as a company sort of reinforce that and reinvigorate that. Because employees want to belong to a company that matters to them, that they can believe in, that they also believe in that value and that purpose. So for example, you know, you want to make sure that your engagement strategies are around your purpose. So if you're saying that you are a family-oriented company and that you service, let's say, the pools of America's families or whatever that value and your purposes of your company, then you have to make sure that your actions are speaking to that too. If you say you're a family-oriented company, especially when you're a family-run company, that in itself speaks to people because you're not some big major corporation, you're a family-run company you should probably demonstrate that you've got good family values for your associates by giving them time off to attend to family events or, or whatever that may be. You also want to make sure that you're letting your employees really talk through what matters to them. So for example, there's some places where more people are standing up against environmental issues. And if you're a pool company and you know, you're putting chemicals in pool and you're draining pools and you're doing this, Make sure that they understand that you're doing the things the way that you should be doing that's right for the environment because that's what matters to you as a company. So you have to identify what matters and then your actions have to actually reinforce that. And people have to, you have to speak about that to your associates. And when they belong to a company that matters to them because they believe in the same values and the same purpose, their likelihood of staying is a lot greater. So for example, 
the neighborhoods that we pull our talent from. We have to give back to those neighborhoods. We have to do good charity events to support those neighborhoods because that's where we're pulling our talent from. And that's just a good way of giving back. And, you know, you had uh, somebody on earlier about giving back, building a pool and building a great backyard for a family. The only reason they need to do that is because they have this overwhelming desire to give back. And that speaks to people. They know then you're not all about the last buck. You're there to do, to give back to the environment that you pull from. And, and I think that's important. So first identify what those values and purposes are for your company and then figure out how you tie in your, you know, flexible work or your health and well-being or your company's direction and, and goals into that. The people that work for you are going to be working for you because they believe the same things. That's one of the things that I told Josh that was big, and that was that he needed to understand not only the impact that he was making to the families of those people that were going to be receiving that, but the impact that he was going to be having with all the people that want to join and his employees and all that, because a lot of people do want to give back. A lot of people feel that they need to give back, but they don't know how. And when this comes up as an opportunity, it's a feel-good moment. People will jump in. People will give up their time, do all those things. Leanne, I remember when you used to do the ones where you guys used to go, what was it, Habitat for Humanity? And Paint Your Heart and Out paint was your, the big and one. Paint your yeah, heart I was going to mention that same one. When I worked for Hilton, they used to sponsor many things. Hilton was great at giving back to the communities that they pulled from. And we used to do Paint Your Heart Out. And the goal was, you know, the company donates all these people, their employees on company time, to go and paint houses of elderly people that couldn't afford to have their houses painted or definitely couldn't paint it themselves. And what you found was we'd get out there and we'd have our spouses and our children and everybody out there and we'd be painting the houses of these elderly people. And then before you knew it, again, the goal was just to paint. And before you knew it, people were in the backyard. They were decluttering the backyard. They were removing trash. They were fixing gutters. They were reinforcing the front porch. A group of people would go in the house and clean for the elderly person, do a deep cleaning. And we were just there to paint. But everybody just jumped in and there was so much feel good going on. And you saw the appreciation of these elderly people that were getting this service. And people just wanted to do more. They just wanted to do more and they wanted to do more. And pretty soon, you know, one person had a broken garage door and that's out of the scope of what we were there for. And somebody just started calling other people and they got a company to donate a brand new garage door. And they came out and put the garage door on. And it was just, and everybody felt good, first of all, about what they were doing, but so grateful that they worked for a company that gave them this opportunity to get out there and do something for their community. And it also was an amazing team building event, right? People bonded like mad over that. And it was really a cool thing to do. And we were exhausted and we were sore and we, we worked our tails off. You know, Hilton did a great job of getting us into those types of and Habitat for Humanity. We'd go out and build homes. And it was just an amazing thing to do. And your employees will connect with the company that connects with the community. And even now, more than ever, with millennials coming in, because that's what they're about, that's what they believe in. And so it will really speak to them. And as pool companies, John, one of the things that I think a lot of pool pros do is they focus just on how do I run my business? How do I get my guys to do this? They forget to stop and take a step back 
and look at their overall business and look at these things and how these things can be implemented and it'll have a greater impact with their employees. So these are the things, guys, that you guys need to stop. You need to think, you need to take some time, you need to write them down. And you know what? You just need to go for it. You just need to believe in it. You need to do it and you need to be different than every other company. Take a look around you and look at how these companies are not doing these things. John, I don't know if you saw the Instagram video that I posted today from Colin that won the uh, 30 under 40 rookie of the year at the Pool Nation Awards, but he posted a story and he talked about, you know, he was young, he was hardworking. He's a very big guy of faith and his employers were telling him, you need to go off and you need to create your own business. And he took the chance. He moved out of state. He started his own business. And, you know, now he's won a couple of awards out in Arizona. He won the rookie of the year. He's built his company. He has a couple employees and it's all really kind of built around faith. And so when you do things like that, you stand out from the rest of the competition. By the way, John, this is a little bit weird here because I just kind of realized I'm used to us four looking at ourselves on the screen. So there's a screen up here. So if you guys see me over here looking up, I'm looking at John. So John. (laughs) Right. You're looking up. (laughs) I'm looking up at you. (laughs) Look, I mean, I'm listening to this stuff and I'm like, I'm going to be 100% real here. This is high level shit, right? This is what differentiates you from the competition. This is what. It really is. It really is. It is from good to great. And the reason why it's so difficult and the reason why so many companies don't do this is because we live in a day and age where everybody needs instant gratification or everybody needs like, if I do this, I need this, or it's everything's transactional. My employees aren't happy. I'm just going to pay them more. Or, you know, he wants this, I'm going to give him this. Or, you know, if I do this, I get that. Well, the things we're talking about here, and this is just a small portion of it. There's so much more we can expand on, but these are the things where you don't get an instant result from it, but in the long run, you build a foundation and you build the trust, the loyalty with each and every one of your employees and everybody that you interact with when it comes down to your clients, to the people, everybody, your your supplier, anybody you associate with. If you live with these types of values and if you start to implement these things that are meant to build something, the dividends that it pays for down the road, it's mind boggling what you end up getting. We deal with people and I consider it like as an employer to an employee or anybody, if it's like your family member or your child or your friend or the person at the the barista at at Starbucks, it, it doesn't really matter. You have to put in a deposit, right? Like think of it like a bank account. You have to put in deposits with your employees. You have to make deposits constantly so that when the time comes that you need to make a withdrawal or you need something that they're willing to, or they want to help and they want to do more because you've been so good to them. And it's tough to do, especially if you're a small business, because you think and go, oh shit, you know, this is going to cost me a lot of money right now, or I might not be able to afford it. Or, Hey, if I do this, or I do that, maybe productivity goes down and it probably will. Because we're talking about things that are outside of work, right? But in the long run, it pays for itself five, tenfold, I promise. It's fascinating to see how difficult it is sometimes for people to really understand what it makes somebody tick. Because we're human too. And if we just sit and ask ourselves, you know, what would I want? And Leanne, you brought up a good point when you talked about 
start, stop, ask, or start, stop. That was... Stop, start, continue. <laughs> stop, start, continue. Stop, start, continue. Yeah. <laughs> start, stop. That, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And it's as simple as saying, hey, look, you know, what can I do better? Because what might be good for you, I guarantee probably isn't good for the employee, or they might not like it as much, or they might not be on the same wavelength. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong or bad. And if you stop assuming and just flat out ask, hey, how can I be better? Or how can this company serve you better? Uh, you'll be amazed at what the feedback that you get and you build from it and you start implementing those things. And it's like a light switch and it turns that environment into something beautiful. It really does. And I've seen it happen multiple times. So I don't want to keep ranting on about it, but. Well, and a lot of times what you have to do too, is sometimes you have to be the thought starter. For example, if you run a, a small pool company in the office, you might put a little Christmas tree up and then at Christmas, Put some angels on there that your employees can go out and buy the gifts for these angel tree that's sponsored by Salvation Army. One thing that we found when our company does that, we ended up being one of the largest donations for the Salvation Army for Angel Tree Project because our employees just felt so compelled to go out and buy things for these kids that didn't have enough. And there's usually something practical, a toy, maybe a pair of socks, whatever. And the employees would come back with bags of stuff. And of course, they get a good discount. They'd come back with bags of stuff for these kids. So it's just a thought starter. You can start something like an angel tree. We've done park cleanups. So if you start the, with thought starters with your employees, pretty soon they're going to say, hey, you know, I noticed that there was a, an event that, that this church is going to run. They're going to do a swimming event and maybe we can go donate cleaning the pool or the Boys and Girls Club in your area might have a swimming pool. Maybe you could even your company could donate pool services just for the Boys and Girls Club. Because the Boys and Girls Club offers amazing after-school daycare for people that just can't afford, because daycare is one of the most expensive things, right? And they do amazing work with some of these kids. And they create oftentimes scholarship programs for some of these kids that otherwise wouldn't have the funds to go to college. And so there's little things that you can do as a company just to start that ball rolling and giving back to your communities. But you'll find that your employees will probably come back with some fantastic ideas. But it really connects you to the community. And here's the thing, when you guys sit there and say, guys, I'm having a hard time keeping employees. Guys, what do I have to do to retain employees? Th these are the things that you have to do. These are the things that you need to stop, you need to think about, and you need to implement because these are going to be the ones that are going to be the game changer. So first response over here, John, you get what you give. That's a fact, period. And that's absolutely agreed. And then Elijah is saying out there that he absolutely agrees. Mr. Brian Crisson, John, is on here. Big shout out to you. If you sleep, we, of course, this is when we were talking about this, the salespeople out working and stuff like that. So, of course, Brian jumping in going, if you sleep till the crack of noon, then hit the road to at least three. It's a simple life. So, you know what, Brian? We love you, brother. You know, we... We always know we can count on you, brother. So big shout out to you over there. Leanne, your fourth theme, you talked about promote personal achievement. I want to unpack that a little bit. Is this something that the associate does on their own or does the leader play a role in it? Leader definitely plays a role in it. And again, it'll be different based on the company size and what the company can do. 
So larger companies will offer some type of, let's say, tuition reimbursement. Some companies I've heard will actually offer tuition reimbursement for the children of the employee, which think about that and how that would keep your employee retained. It doesn't mean you're reimbursing all tuition, but you could have a portion of tuition that could be reimbursed. There's a lot of opportunities that you could do with just learning opportunities for your employees, like really getting them to learn other parts of the craft. I know that there's some pool companies that just have everybody out there cleaning and checking chems, but making sure maybe once a week I take you out with me and I teach you how to change out a filter or change a pump or do those types of things. So you're actually taking your employee and you're teaching them skills, things that they didn't have before. There's also, you know, you want to do career pathing. I know, and I've talked to Zach about this a lot where, you know, Zach's got different roles in his company and it's important that he map that out where people can progress. You know, you start as a pool boy, then you can get into being in one of the training positions and so on and so forth. So making sure that you've got sort of a a good career pathing. And a lot of that is understanding what's available in your marketplace. Maybe there's a certification that your employee would like to get. Or maybe you pay for that certification and ultimately those skills end up benefiting you as the company anyway, right? Because now you've gotten a better skilled person. A lot of companies are like, yeah, I'm going to train somebody and then they're going to go and take that training and they're going to go to my competitor. Maybe, but maybe if you're doing all the other things that we talk about to kind of keep them there, you pay for that certification. They value the fact that you just invested in them. And they then return the favor by continuing to be a good employee for you. So getting employees to self-achieve, really getting them to develop, it could be at all different levels. It does not have to be a high dollar benefit. It just has to be creative and it has to be valuable to them. So whether it's just on-the-job training, uh, job shadowing, could be a basic certification. It could be any of those things. I have a question. So getting to your last theme, you talk about sense of community. What is that and why is that so important? Well, and again, this goes back to similar to what we were talking about before when we're talking about your value and your purpose is giving back to that sense of community, really making sure that you're giving back to the communities that you're pulling from. You want to make sure that you're promoting from within, that you're communicating with your employees on what's going on, and you're making sure that you're rewarding that recognition giving them that recognition for the things that they've done. I had talked to Zach. It's too bad Zach's not here. He's going to go, yeah, we did talk about that. Um, We talked about, you know, healthy competition too. If you put competition out there and you really put it out where people can see it, whether it's a showcase on a board or anything like that, really building sort of that competition of, you know, this many customer, you know, positive customer feedback or this many new customers or whatever that is. And you just start building that healthy competition with your workforce, it builds that community. It builds the community within the workforce, which is important. And again, you also want to take that time to give back to the community. And one thing that I'll talk about is we want to make sure that when you're looking at, let's say, all five of these themes and the different things that we talked about within the themes, you want to make sure that you're not just looking for the next best perk, right? Because you want to see what matters to people right now. So let's say you're doing a contest with your employees and you're going to give away gift cards. Let's say you're doing a raffle and you give away gift cards. What matters to people right now? So think through that. Think about the gas prices. They're gone through the roof. A gas card would go a long way right now. A grocery card. Groceries are so much more expensive right now. So giving away grocery cards. 
You know, you could just give away something like a Starbucks card, but is that going to really matter as much as maybe a gas card or a grocery card right now? Probably not. People probably would rather have something that's a little bit more value. So make sure you're looking at what's adding value to that associate and it's not just a perk. And you also want to make sure what you're doing differentiates you. And I think, Edgar, you mentioned it before. You've got to do something that differentiates you from your competitors. Who knows what that is? Again, I go back to find out what's valuable to your employees and start doing that and find what works and sticks with it. Don't have a flavor of the month because then people don't know what you really truly believe or what your values are because you're just passing it on and you're trying the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and that's going to be problematic. And then you really want to make sure that you're executing on, on performance. And Zach and I, again, we talk about this a lot. Zach and I talk a lot, it sounds like, doesn't it? It sounds like you guys, it sounds, sounds like, like they Zach talk a lot, talk right, John? a lot, right? But we talk about <laughs> performance, right? And it's important that your employees want to know how they're doing. And if you're not giving regular feedback on performance, first of all, and I'll say this a hundred times over, first, you have to tell them what to expect. What are your expectations as a business owner? What do you expect from them? And then what tools are you giving them to be successful in their role? And then you need to give them regular feedback. And I don't mean once a year, an annual performance review. That will not fly. You need to give them regular feedback. When you see that they handled an angry customer that day really well, you need to tell them that day, hey, great job handling this angry customer. I really like the way you did that, blah, 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 blah. Or if they've done something wrong, if they haven't done chemicals correctly or they broke something, you know, you just need to talk to them about, hey, this is what happened. I get it. Here's what you want to do next time to do it differently, whatever that is. But employees that aren't getting feedback, good, bad, or ugly, they don't know what, how you're feeling. They don't know how they're doing with you. And they may feel lack of news is bad news. And they just want to move on to somewhere else where they think they might do better because you're not giving them any feedback. And, you know, they always say, if, if you don't say it, they'll just make it up in their mind anyway. And that's very true. Yeah. And so if you're not giving them the news, good, bad, or ugly, they'll just go somewhere else because they're going to assume it's just bad. And so you got to be really careful about that. Really monitoring performance, good, bad, is really, really important. And I'll tell you, setting up expectations is one of those things that there's a sweet spot there. And it's hard to find the sweet spot for expectations. So I'm not going to give out any company names, but I have a couple of statistics that I, I find very fascinating. So one company introduced pay for performance metrics. So for example, if you hit this many pools in a day at this quality level, then we're going to give you this much more money. You're setting a pay for performance. So the more they perform, the better they get paid. Well, employees received an increased pay base on achieving 105%, 110%, and 120% of loading in this metric. And over 70% of the employees achieved that higher metric. So yeah, they were getting paid more, but they were producing more. So it was paying for itself anyway, and then some, but 70%. So the company had set this metric just right to where the bulk of the workforce was achieving it. And then it also led to higher retention among now your top performers, right? Because they're really high performing, but because they were achieving more and they were getting paid more, they stayed longer. And so retention really kicked in. Now, another company did something similar, but they went a little too extreme, okay? And so they had instituted a performance-based pay structure as well. And the metrics were set so high that only 10% of the 
employees could achieve it. And then it created such a demotivation that the employee productivity averaged went down around 95%. Again, when you're talking about performance of associates, they want to perform. Who of us doesn't want to perform well? We all want to do well, no matter what our profession is. But we also need to know that we're doing well and we need to know what we're not doing well. We need that feedback. But the expectations need to be reasonable and they need to be spelled out. And it's amazing to me how your retention is so affected by that. If you're not doing it right, it will affect your retention. Absolutely crazy, John. I have more statistics if you guys are interested. Absolutely. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Absolutely. I, I wanted to jump in and say, because, John, that's absolutely crazy. Like, you have one where you got 70% of the people, right, getting into it, but just because you're doing it wrong, you can absolutely just kill your business. In, in our industry, you'll kill the business. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's what we talk about. I mean, when you set goals, the goals need to be realistic, right? And if they're not realistic, all you're doing is setting yourself up for failure and condoning it. So, I mean, you set a goal, you set an expectation for an employee, you know that chances are they're going to fail. Well, you set that expectation or that goal, they don't achieve it, they fail. What do you do? Are you going to what fire them for? No, you understand that you set an unreasonable expectation, whatever, it becomes demoralizing for them. And then it sets the tone that, hey, now my boss can say, hey, this is what I expect us to do, or this is what we expect you to do. And if you don't achieve it, nothing's there's going to be no consequences for it either. I mean, you get screwed in multiple ways by being unrealistic like that. And I've seen it happen so many times in so many different cases where, you know, you can't be too easy with it, right? It's everything in life is a happy medium. I said sweet spot. Yeah, everything in life is a happy medium. And it comes again and look. I talk about it like when you're trying to be a boss too, right? And I've said this story before. There's three different types of, of employers or bosses out there. You can either, you can be that feared boss where everybody's scared and they want to do whatever you're telling them to do. They're going to do it because they're afraid, but that is just a short-term result. And when you're not looking, they're going to end up resenting you. They're going to try to get away with what they can't do, and they're going to end up hating you. And eventually it's going to backfire and they're going to rebel. You know, or you can be on the other side of the pendulum, on the extreme side, and you can be that loved boss and you can be, hey, look, oh, everything's okay. Everything's all good. And, you know, you're my friend and I love you and it's all right. We're buddy buddies. And then they love it because, oh, John's the coolest guy in the world. He's the coolest boss I've ever worked for. You know, he lets me do this, let me do that. He doesn't trip. And then all of a sudden when it's game time and you have an expectation or you need something done. And they don't take you seriously, right? They start to take advantage of you. And then when you go to hold them accountable, all of a sudden, John's the dick, John's the asshole, right? Oh, God. Oh, we were friends before. And now you're treating me like this, right? And, you know, somewhere in between is that respected leader. Threading that needle's tough. And it's why not everybody's successful at it. It's a constant battle. And nobody has all the right answers. But it's something that you have to continue to build on. And you have to, I mean, it's ongoing. Nobody knows. Nobody can read a book and figure out this is what I need to do to be the ultimate employer or how to retain my people or how I want everybody to love me and I want everybody to listen to me. You know, this is tough shit. (laughs) It's going to take trial and error, but you need to think outside the box. You need to start understanding what motivates and what drives people opposed to what drives you and motivates you because that's not going to really make it work. 
So anyways, I don't know. This is, I love this shit. And I could talk about this probably for 10 hours. <laughs> well, John gets passionate. He, he does. He I does. Love and it. I, I do love it too. And, and that's what a, every HR professional wants is a passionate leader, John. So good job. But I'll tell you, and again, I joke, but there's, there are some very good statistics around when you have an employee that is having a positive experience at work, when they enjoy what they're doing and they enjoy the company they're working for, there is on average an 18% increase in productivity. Like that's a big productivity increase. And you know, with that comes better dollars, right? And then you've got double digit reduction in turnover because the retention is higher. And then you've got almost 40% increase in just consistent effort at work. You know, some days people are on, some days are off. When they love what they're doing and they believe in what they're doing, they've got almost a 40% more effort that's consistent across the board at work, which is huge. And again, that just translates in dollars. Then when you've got those same thriving employees and they create a good customer service experience for your customers. And John, this is where I know you and Janie know it matters because this is where you guys put a lot of your effort is into your, the service that you provide. You're going to have at least an increase of 10% in positive customer service ratings. And then you're going to have another 10% in just loyalty from your customers. And you know that that then translates back over to about 20% in just extra profitability. And so there's so much that can be driven financially out of your employees loving what they do, believing what they do, and sticking around to do what they do. Because you're investing in them, whether again, it's flexible work days or their health and wellness, or just collaborating with them and doing roundtables and understanding, you know, stop, start, continue, which we stop, start, and continue. Really work with them to understand it. And because it ultimately, at the end of the day, translates to more profitability for you. By the way, employees are your number one expense. I think we've talked about that before, right? Labor is expensive. So you need to attract the right ones and retain them as much as you can. Over here, David is saying, I just implemented a pay for performance bonus structure and it's working like magic from a productivity perspective. So great, great thing. I want to take that a step further. They are our number one expense or our number one when it comes down to expenses for your company, I think an employee is your number one customer, period. And you need to treat them like a client or like a customer and how you're going to take care of them because they are the spokesperson for you. They're the ones who interact with the people that- They're the face of your company. Exactly. You're only as good as the people that work for you. And you need to treat them as well, if not better, then you would treat any customer that walks into your door or any client that calls you or speaks with you. That's how you need to treat your employees because they are the most vital portion of your business. Well, and Edgar, you'll be happy to know that John and I have had this conversation before too. So I talked to John too, not just Zach. But John, remember why? I'm just, the- I'm just like, when are all these phone calls <laughs> happening that I have no idea what the hell is going on? I'm I think, like, I think I'm we're, lost. I think we're actually on a podcast and you were there. But we did talk about the fact that your employees are your number one expense, but they are also your number one asset, right? We have to treat them as such. And that's why creating a, a really good employee value proposition, really understanding, you know, what's going to speak to them and stay true to that, right, is going to be really pay dividends in the end for sure. And I'm curious, the person in your chat that did a pay for performance bonus, one of the things that makes those things successful is they have to be attainable relatively soon. 
employees don't have a long memory. So if you say, I'm going to give you this pay for performance bonus in a year, they're not going to remember and they're not going to stick around for a year to get it. They got to have some of this instant gratification a little bit sooner. One of the things that you can offer to some of your employees is paying them sooner. So a lot of times, you know, we're looking at this too, but really figuring out instead of being on a two-week pay cycle or one-week pay cycle, how can you shorten that up? Because in today's world, everything's on your phone and it's instant gratification. If I work today, I want to get paid tomorrow. I want to get paid for my labor. And that's what's happening right now with a lot of the workforce. So that's another just idea out there. That was huge for my guys because they got paid every week. I paid them every week, John. And that was huge for them because a lot of them were going to jobs where they were getting paid. This was back five years ago, almost six years ago, but they were getting paid every two weeks. And then now they have a job that pays them every week. It was a huge, huge perk for them. Let's see here. So big shout out to Janie. John, she's all over our chat over here today. My friend Janie. First response and Lindsay, awesome podcast tonight. And then look at that. Shannon just jumped on. John, big shout out to you out there, Shannon. So Leanne, I think we have one question left and we're kind of starting to run out of time over here. And so you want to take that last question, John, or you want me to take it? No, no, no. Here it is. (laughs) Uh, I should record you over here. So I have you over to my right, everybody. And I I have this bad habit that obviously the podcast is going on right here and I should be talking here. But I got Leanne to my left over here and I got John over to my right and I kind of get talking and I kind of get distracted to the sides. But I'm watching John Leanne, and you can see his head just spinning, guys. I wish you could see John. His head is just I always like, like to watch that because he's there. taking copious notes all the time, which I know he's not now because he's tending to a new baby right. and to Leslie, but he'd be taking notes, and I love to watch him do that. The last question, I don't know that a lot of pool companies typically consider connecting their communities to their workforce. I have to imagine this isn't new. Why is it becoming more important lately? I think during the pandemic, especially, people were thrust into a whole nother lifestyle. First, everybody was locked down and closed up and had to keep to themselves. And kids couldn't go to school and employees couldn't go to work. And it was just a whole different, strange time. And remember, I don't remember the number that we just hit in the U.S., but remember the number of people that just died because of COVID. And everybody was impacted from it, like everybody. I don't know anybody that didn't have a death in their family at one point or another because of COVID. And then you had people that couldn't work. And so there were lines of cars in parking lots just to pick up bags of groceries that were being donated and because people weren't working. And it was just, it was really tough, tough times. And then we could finally get out. We could start, you know, getting back to normal. And a lot of the charities that were once doing pretty well just weren't doing well anymore because companies weren't the size that they were before the pandemic and people weren't as active as they were before the pandemic. And now that the pandemic has come and people experienced so much tragedy, so much going on, people lost jobs, people lost houses, people lost family members, you know, really giving back and really touching the community is key. And people really... I think they fundamentally came back to a good place where they knew that there were things that we need to do as a country that is the right thing to do. I think that that really came out coming out of this pandemic. And one of the first things I, when I was allowed to get out, my company was sponsoring an event and this was still, pandemic was still going pretty strong. It wasn't horrible, but it was pretty strong. And my company sponsored an event. It's a center in Dallas that 
when you have long-term cancer care, you and your family or you and your loved one can stay there while you go through this extensive cancer treatment. And it's not a hospital, but it's just this long-term, like it's almost like a long-term hotel. And our company donated a lot of bedding and things like that. And so there was a group of us that just went and we put bedding on these beds and toiletries in the rooms and things like that. And, and it just felt good to get out, but it felt good to be doing something for the community at a time when people just needed something good. I think that now that speaks more and more to communities and companies and especially to employees than it did before. Guys, we have over here on our, like John likes to make fun of me, the Insta chat uh, message board over here, but I wish I got paid every week. Great info. Thank you so much for sharing. Anytime, David. First response, I don't have employees yet, but I'm planning on paying them for filter cleanings at the end of the day rather than on each paycheck. And by the way, first response, Leanne over here is kind of giving you a big point finger, kind of very thumbs up. So. So those are the things that you need to think about. So just tell me how many and I'll send the money, more incentive to get them done and quick payment for the employee. Think about that. That's almost like cash tips for servers, right? That's one of the reasons that they do it because they get those tips right then and there. So you're doing the same thing for the filters. Uh, (laughs) Okay, David's making fun of me over here. So he's going, I got to go to bed, dad. I'll catch the rest when you guys release it. Have a great night. He just called me dad, John. (laughs) David, I think you're going to have to pay me for that one, buddy. (laughs) That's true. And then by the way, somebody's saying over here, sounds like gold. Are you hiring first response? So Elijah wants to go work for you. Look at that. Look at that. You're already starting to get employees to get them retained over there. So. And then on a little side note, John, I just got a message from my daughter at OU. She finished her last final exam, and she said, I finished my freshman year at OU. So big shout out to her. And then big congrats to you, baby girl. We're very, very proud of her. So anyways, John, Leanne, let's do this. We're actually running out of time. Let's take our final word from our sponsors when we come back. John, I want to get your final thoughts. The Hyperpole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. 
Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical cost and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation podcast. We are talking to Leanne. We are talking to John. And I got a couple of confessions here, John. I always, always, always wanted to be in a podcast studio and to kind of have a producer like yell at me or like give me signs because we're going too long or we're not taking breaks and all that. And so I have Spider over there kind of like looking at me and kind of, I think, ready to go. Right, Spider? Ready to go. Come on, man. We're out of time. We got to cut, we gotta cut the show. What's First time in here. I'm never going to yell. Next time, we, it may be different. <laughs> It might you know be different. You should guarantee that, next time. So, I want to come for that one. I don't know if I can yell. I don't remember the last time I did. Might hurt that good voice. Don't do that. Yeah. I'm rethinking this whole podcast thing. I'm thinking that we're going to get Spider to do the <laughs> intro with that deep voice. Blah, blah, blah. So anyways, John, we're at the end of the podcast. Elijah is saying, going to need some Pool Nation gear for this upcoming summer. You could actually, you could go get that at PoolNation.com. See, I should have had Spider say that at PoolNation.com. You can click the merch button and you can find stuff there. So anyways, Michelle, big shout out to you out there. John, we literally have like five minutes left. So I'm going to give you the final thoughts well, for you, tonight. Thank you, Edgar. I appreciate that. You're so gracious. <laughs> it's, it's just so you, gracious. that's it. <laughs> Look, uh, now you put me on the spot here because I'm a little long-winded. And this is a very important subject. And this is something that I hold very near, dear to my heart. And I've been trying to chop it up in my head right now, figuring out how I'm going to convey this message as clearly as possible and as impactful as possible without talking for an hour about it. And I just wasted one minute. <laughs> you know, laying out, laying out what I'm going to say, right? And that's how bad I am. And, and you should see spider. Right? This guy, look, this guy. You're talking about you don't have enough time, bro, and you're and you're and you're setting it up with a one minute intro into it. Look, I'm going to try to put this into words quickly. In this day and age, and it doesn't matter now or forever, or, or back in the day or in the future. It's hard. The one thing I always constantly hear from people: it's hard to find good workers. Right? I agree with that to a certain extent. It's hard to find a good worker, somebody who is naturally just a great employee, right? Or somebody who just strives to always do the best. There are a few of them out there that are self-motivated go-getters that don't need to constantly be petted, right? Or don't need to be, they don't need a lot and they just, they're self-motivated and driven. And I think as business owners, we fall under the perception that that is what a normal employee is or that's what you need to constantly look for. And I challenge you to think of it different. I believe inherently 90% of all the people out there are good people. And like Leanne was saying earlier, they want to do well. 
and they've either had a tough life in the past or they've worked for other shithole uh, organizations or other bosses that were just didn't treat them well and they're jaded and they're going into it with because of their past experiences and they don't really know what to expect so they're guarded and they're not that go-getter i believe the majority of the employees those good great employees can be made and they're made in that environment that you facilitate for them and all it takes is one great employee or one employee to come on board that you treat well and people are good people. And even if they had a bad taste in their mouth from previous organizations, they will change and they will see that, hey, you're a good person. You're a good boss. You're a good company. I see a future. And by having that one person that you turn or that you create that loyalty, right? Or that drive for them to want to work for you, not feel like they have to work for you. Now, all of a sudden, you created your biggest spokesperson because the one thing that a lot of people don't see is you can have a good company image in how you treat your customers, how you look professionally, or how your trucks look, or how you advertise. But the work environment, that's a little tougher nut to crack, right? To be a company that says, hey, look, J&J Flawless Pools, or Always Clear Pool Service, or Mike's Pool Service, or uh, First Response, they're an amazing company to work for. And, And if you can get an employee to feel that, they will go out and find people for you and bring other like-minded employees to come work for you. It's like a domino effect. Good breeds good. Bad breeds bad. So I encourage you to look at your employees a little bit different and not be so quick to judge. And before you start judging them on how they are, grip the mirror and look yourself in the mirror first and say, hey, look, am I doing everything I can? Or if I was in their shoes, would I be content or would I want to work for me? And if you can answer that question, right, and hand over heart and say, hey, look, you know, this is an environment where I would want to work for me. If you can get to that part, then okay, praise to you. But chances are there's always something that you can do a little bit better. And before you throw the ax on that employer, before you go to judge, look at yourself first and figure out if there's something better you can do. And I think that's what the whole purpose of this conversation or this whole podcast was. Just think outside the box, guys. There's a lot more value that you can give to your employees aside from just more money. So hopefully I didn't go over the five minute mark there. (laughs) There's a lot more I want to talk about, but I'm going to leave it at that. He is fired up. <laughs> You're fired up. And I got a lot of people over here. I got Michelle 100%. All I'm hearing is facts. And then I got first response thrown out a whole bunch of fire and a clap emojis out there. So you definitely were on fire out there, John. So we really appreciate that. John, I do have to tell you before we go, because we're almost running out of time, but this studio experience is pretty dude, it is, dude. fun. It's very fun. We have fun on our podcast period because we just kind of enjoy doing it. But just Being able to do it here is just so much more fun. So I can't wait till you guys come out here and this is something that we could do. And look, I want to say one more thing. I want to thank Leanne and I'm serious. Thank you so much for coming on to do this. You add a touch of class (laughs) to our podcast. John, you are too sweet. Thank you so much. No, for real. And and I know this is just it's the tip of the iceberg of some of the golden nuggets of knowledge that you have, right? The and I trust me, I yep. know, right? <laughs> and hopefully in the future, and I know in the future, right, that we can pick your brain a little bit more because this is the type of information that, like I said before, is what sets us apart from everybody else. This is the hard part. And the hard part is people, humans. 
It's not black and white. It never is. We can look at a PL, we can look at statistics, we can look at that shit, and there's a right and wrong answer. There's no gray line. But when it comes to people, and it doesn't matter if you're in the pool industry or if you're selling clothes or if you're if you're a pipe layer or if you're if you're an electrician or whatever it may be, at the end of the day, we all have one thing in common. We have to deal with people, right? And that's the most complicated and confusing and fascinating portion of it. And if you can master that or at least be on the road to master that, you will be so much further than the competition. Having you as a resource to be able to help guide us knuckleheads through these difficult times, I think is invaluable. Thank you so much again. No, thank you. I appreciate it. And by the way, give Janie my love. I was telling you at the beginning of this how much I miss you guys. Can't wait to see you. We do too. We can't wait to see you. Edgar, not so much. (laughs) I really appreciate that, John. As like I like to say to Leanne, you've been a very lovely, <laughs> lovely, lovely witness, yes. right? From one of your favorite movies. So I have to treat her as a. Uh, oh, is that my cousin Vinny? So. Yeah. <laughs> she loves that movie. Yes, I love that. She movie loves too. that movie. So, so you've been a lovely, <laughs> lovely. Yes, you've been Thank a lovely, you. lovely host tonight. <laughs> so I appreciate that, and I love you too, baby girl. Anyways, everybody listening, thank you so much. John, Leanne, really thanks. Everybody out there that's been jumping on there, we really appreciate you guys listening live and jumping even though we were completely out of our time zone. And a special thanks to Spider for hooking us up here today. We really appreciate that. Spider, a couple of those deep (laughs) words, please. That was my pleasure, man. I'm really glad to have you all in here. So we really appreciate it. So everybody, hope you have a great night. We will catch you next Wednesday on the Instagram Live. Have a great night. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way may not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.